Welcome to Worth It or Worthless, a show where every couple weeks we pull a game from my own personal collection of retro games, take off our nostalgia tinted glasses, and decide is the game good by today's standards and is it worth the price of admission? We talk about what the game does well, what the game doesn't do so well, and the things that are just plain weird. I'm your host, Dan, joined as always by my friend Jordan. Jordan, what did we get into today? Today we played River City Ransom for the NES. Yeah, it's a, it's a little beat-em-up game that I enjoy quite a bit. Yeah, it, it's uh, interesting. This is one that I've heard about a whole lot, but I never played until today. Yeah, did you know anything about it going um, into it? I mean, I know a little bit about it because we just played Crash and the Boys. Yeah. And so in doing some research for social media posts for that and stuff, I've come across you know, this whole series of Kunio Kun games and finding out that this River City Ransom is actually in the same series as Crash and the Boys. Yeah, this is like the third game in that series. Um, and we liked Crash and the Boys so much that I was like, we should play River City Ransom next. Yeah. Because I've wanted to play it for a long time. Um, it's available on the Nintendo Switch online service. And I don't know if you remember a long time ago that I told you, like, don't play that. I want to play it for the show. I totally <laughs> forgot that you told me that. And I totally didn't even realize that it was on the Switch online service. I'm going to yeah. have to check that out now when I get home. So maybe that'll play into your decision later on in the show. But <laughs> <laughs> is it worth it? Because it's free on a thing you already own. It's not technically free, but... I got nine months free of it from Twitch. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I guess. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. River City Ransom, game by Technos. Um, interesting. Not your typical beat-em-up. Not your typical beat-em-up at all. And uh, that's actually something that I have down in the positive column is that so often when you're playing a beat-em-up, it's kind of like just meleeing through giant crowds of yeah. bad guys until you get to the end. But this, this is one, yeah. punching and kicking your way through two guys at a time. Yep. All the way through the, <laughs> through the That's true. I didn't really realize that. You're always fighting two guys. <laughs> and uh, it is got a lot of that standard beat-em-up stuff. You got, you know, you're just side-scrolling and you're beating guys up and picking up a weapon every now and then. But uh, every couple levels, you hit a like a mall or a, a shop area. Yeah. And then this becomes uh, kind of an RPG. You got elements where you're buying stuff that increases different stats. You have like punch and kick and attack and strength and defense and willpower and stamina there was like how many different stats were there like 15 or 20 uh i don't know if there were that many it just looked like that there were that many because of uh our stats displaying side by side yeah so maybe like 10 different stat categories or something but all sorts of different stuff and so it's not just like a normal beat-em-up because you have all this extra stuff and so you got to um, you collect money every time you kill bad guys, and you can use that money to buy these different stat power-ups. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to the two guys thing real quick. The only reason I mentioned that and even noticed it is because when I was doing research for this game, there are a couple of like uh, other versions, like PC. There's like a PC Engine version and some other yeah. console Japanese PC thing that I've never heard of. And one of the upgrades in one of those versions is you. it's like you can fight three guys on screen at once oh, instead no. of two. <laughs> That's nuts. That'd be crazy. And introducing a but, third guy onto the screen. Yeah, right. So, yeah, we played the NES version. There's also Famicom version. And uh, there's a PAL version where this game is called Street Gangs. Street Gang. <laughs> and <laughs> as I pointed out to you, it's got some of the worst NES artwork I've ever seen. See, I I've, <laughs> I kind of feel the opposite. I feel like the the American River City Ransom box art doesn't really show what the game is itself no it's that, like two greasers like 
and t-shirts and jeans. Yeah. (laughs) And it doesn't really fit the like cartoony art style that all of these games have. Whereas that street gang's box art kind of has more like rounded cartoony looking guys that fit a little (laughs) bit better with the actual game. But you're right. Like the, the text on it is terrible. And the fact that it's called street gangs. Yeah. Not great. They get all the terrible names in my opinion. Probotector, alien rebels and street gangs. It's so generic. I'm kind of torn on Probotector because it's it's so ridiculous that it's almost good. <laughs> like robot and protector slammed together. I yeah. kind of like that. Yeah. Well, it is what it is. Do you want to jump into what this game did well? Yeah. I think we can jump right in. And my first point, which we've already kind of touched on a little bit, is it's not just a beat-em-up. It has this extra depth to it that I was kind of surprised by. So it does have the RPG element to it that adds a whole lot. And it kind of reminded me a little bit of like Castle Crashers, which is a game that we yeah. played a lot. Not with like all the different like weapons and stuff, but with just how much it's it's a beat-em-up. But then adding that little bit of RPG element, yeah. how much that adds a level of depth to it that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, for sure. I remember the first time I played this game, I had heard of it being a good game. And I was like, "What? why, why is this a good game after like 10 minutes i'm like what is this yeah and then once i discovered that there were like all these rpg elements and stuff like that i was like oh there's a lot more here than than you would think just watching a couple minutes of gameplay or something like that that's kind of the thought process i went through today we started playing it and i was like it's a beat-em-up and it's yeah. not not the greatest beat-em-up but then you start getting all these extra things and you're like, oh, okay, this mm. is why this game has been one that kind of stands out. This is why people talk about this game. It does have more to it than just the punch kick beat em up. Yeah, and it's got the RPG elements, but it's also got like some depth to the combat, like A punches and B kicks, and then you've got a bunch of weapons, and then there are a bunch of like you can jump kick, you can jump on wheels and roll at your enemies you can throw weapons you can kick weapons that are on the ground at your opponents yeah there's there's a lot of depth here that that makes it interesting to be able to tackle this game and instead of just walk to the right and punch something walk to the right and punch something like so many beat-em-ups are yeah again when we first started i was kind of thinking this is sort of like the judo Stage yeah, yeah, from yeah. Crash and the Boys, where that was a very simple two-button fighter, mm-hmm. and I was thinking, okay, they used a lot of that same stuff, but it really has a whole lot more depth to it than that uh, little judo mini game in Crash and the Boys. Yeah, this one takes a little while before you see um, a lot of its its merits, but they're definitely there if you're willing to spend the time with it. Yeah. Another thing that this game has in common, I think, with Crash and the Boys is the fact that it has a funny story and some <laughs> some good dialogue. I mean, it's sort of ridiculous, which is, you know, Crash and the Boys had a ridiculous story, too. But the fact that there's a guy named Slick who has uh, he, he's got the whole town. What, like, <laughs> we don't really know. He's somehow like, yeah, he's like he's got the whole town and somebody's girlfriend. Yeah, Ryan, the second player. He's got Ryan's girlfriend, and the whole town is under ransom. And now all these street gangs are like protecting him. And you got to fight through all these street gangs and then get to Slick. And so you can save the city and also Ryan's girlfriend. It's like the whole city is captured or whatever, (laughs) but also Ryan's girlfriend is specifically captured. And every high schooler in the city is in a gang, apparently. Yeah. 
Um, (laughs) (laughs) Which is, you know, something that that we've complained about or not complained about, but brought up before that in all these old beat-em-up gangs, you always have like this level or several levels or in in some cases the entire (laughs) game where you're just fighting these like random crowds of like teenagers. You don't really understand like why is everybody fighting? But this game actually gives you some closure on that (laughs) because you – and this is a spoiler if you haven't – beaten this game or you are interested in the ending and you don't want it spoiled just skip ahead a little bit but uh you beat the game and there's a little text screen and it says all the street gangs went back to school and became honor roll students and (laughs) ryan's girlfriend was rescued in time to finish her shopping and it's like oh that's so sweet you know all of these kids they saw the error of their ways they went back to school and didn't just go back to school they all became honor roll students and cindy got to go shopping and she had enough time to get everything done it wasn't that big of an inconvenience after all. So. Right. <laughs> and it's just like all sorts of stuff. You actually, while you're fighting in this game, there's dialogue that keeps popping up. Like yeah. you're beating a guy up and he's like, oh man, I'm history. Barf. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like like little comic book blurbs that are popping up over them. It's these just actual te- text scrolling across the yeah. bottom of the game. The game itself is kind of in widescreen, sort of. Like there's a black bar at the top which displays your health or your money. And then there's the bar on the bottom that's constantly displaying the uh, the dialogue in this one. Yeah, and a lot of the dialogue repeats, but it's pretty funny the first time you read somebody say, you know, something ridiculous. Yeah, and a lot of the characters' names rhyme when they they say the same <laughs> stupid things too. You might you might be fighting Barry and Harry. <laughs> oh, they they did switch it up a few times. We fought like Akbar and Juan. At one point, <laughs> right? Like, oh, we need to get some. Uh, we need to get some diversity in this game. Let's have um fight Akbar and Juan. Well, it wasn't even like when I was looking at the Wikipedia page for this one. There's apparently a lot of differences in I think the story and the um the names. They made the names yeah. way more Anglo-Saxon. I think is what Wikipedia said, which is what happened all throughout this series. I think because the you know it's Kunio is the main character in yeah. all the Japanese games. But then in some of the English versions, he's named Crash. Mm. And in some of the English versions, he's named Alex. Yeah. And like, if you played these games and you only knew about the American versions, you'd never know that they were all connected. The more I learn about this franchise, the Kunio Kun series, like, the more I'm just intrigued by a lot of it. Yeah. Um, because it just seems like there's this through line that we don't get. I think only seven games in the series were actually ported to North America. I, so I know there was at this. least five. We posted about it last or a couple weeks ago, and it was Nintendo World Cup, Renegade, Super Dodgeball, River City Ransom, and Crash in the Boys Street Challenge. I know those five for sure got ported to uh, English-speaking languages. And then Double Dragon yeah. is also. Is Double Dragon technically part of this Kunio-kun I, series? I believe so. Okay. So, yeah, you would have no clue that you know Super Dodgeball and World Cup and River City Ransom were supposed to be part of the same franchise yeah (laughs) i'm just intrigued because all of the games look interesting and seem great after we recorded the last episode i discovered there was a uh, kunio kun collection which i think has 22 games on it released uh in japan for switch and ps4 and i don't know if it came out for xbox but um it's got all of the the games that were released in the series on it and then it's got i think the seven um north american games on there as well but the only ones that are in English are the North American games. You can navigate the menus and stuff in English, but see, that's a collection that I'd definitely be interested in checking out for the right price. 
Yeah, it's definitely not the right price right now. <laughs> um, that's definitely a full price one, but I'm intrigued by it. I'm bummed that they didn't uh, give us translations uh, of any sort for the uh, the games that were never you know ported to North America. But it still looks like a cool collection. Yeah, I mean, just of the the few of those games that I've played. I mean, I grew up with World Cup and Super Dodgeball. And uh, now playing these other two ones, it's like, man, these are all pretty solid games. I'd definitely be interested in seeing the rest of that series. Yeah, it's been a while since I've spent much time with like the Double Dragon series, but I feel like the more Technos games that I play, the more I'm like, I really like this developer. I don't know if it's a Konami level of I like these guys, Yeah, but it definitely feels like they're creeping there of like, I really enjoy most of the games that I play from these guys or know, or I see you know, that these guys have made. You kind of got to wonder how sharing resources between the different games was able to benefit them. Like the fact that they had this very distinct art style, they didn't really waste time developing a new art style. Mm -hmm. Even some of the music, like we heard the shop music today in, uh, crash of the boys. The shop music today from River City Ransom is the same music that we heard in the shops in Crash and the Boys. So, I didn't notice that. Yeah. And as soon as we went in the first shop, I was like, oh, yeah, that's the that's the shop music from Crash and the Boys. And then you have, huh. you know, obviously the very distinct art style and uh, even like some of that like fighting stuff was a little bit similar. You got to wonder mm. if sharing resources between the games made them be able to focus on some of this extra stuff that was able to. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah, for sure. Um, another thing that I have that this game did well is it's like slightly open world. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting where a traditional beat em up is just walk to the right and yep. go through the levels and fight bosses. You finish the stage, go to the next stage. Yeah. This one is, is laid out in, um, a little bit of a different, almost more confusing way too, in some regards, <laughs> but you don't have to go, uh, to the right every time. Sometimes you're exiting up sometimes you know you have to go back to the left but this the story is is laid out in a way where you have to trigger certain events before you can trigger other events yeah so the story is you know you got to beat all of the gang leaders or whatever to get into river city high school to actually fight slick and so you might have to go three quarters of the way all the way through the map before you have to go back to like the beginning where you there was an area where nothing was in before, but then you can fight a guy and then you have to go back to the right. But yeah. I like that it doesn't contain, it doesn't force you to take one single path through it. Yeah. At first I was a little bit confused and annoyed by that. And then once we actually did it and we went back and we fought the guys and then unlocked the new areas and all that stuff, I was actually really interested because it made you more invested in that world. Mm-hmm. And you were like going back and you'd see new things or you'd be, you'd be able to do certain parts of those levels better. And so that was actually really interesting and it did make it feel very different from other beat em ups. So I think that's definitely something to put in the what this game does well column. Yeah, we had a, uh, a game fact opened as we were like playing through it and so that kind of helped guide the experience a little bit but if you don't have a walkthrough this game takes some exploring and takes some understanding you can get a lot out of it if you're just trying to figure it out on your own it doesn't necessarily do a good job of telling you exactly what you're supposed to do and where but it's interesting knowing how it's laid out knowing what you have to do to get through it it can i could see it being like a really cool game to just try to figure out and to try to like grind out stats and like keep fighting and, and just, I don't know. It seems interesting to just not try to blow right through it. 
Yeah, for sure. I saw on how long to beat, it was really interesting, the disparity between... Uh, it said if you're a beginner, this game is going to take you five plus hours. Yeah, that but makes sense. if you've played it before, it's more like three hours or two to three hours. And if you're like an expert, you can beat it in 35 minutes. Yeah. So just the fact that of like knowing what order to do stuff in and when to go to mm. each section, that's a huge part of the game and that exploration that you don't really normally get exploration in a beat em up game. Yeah, it's definitely unique to this one. And I don't know that I can really name off a lot of other beat-em-ups that give you any sense of exploration like that. No, me neither. I mean, Dragon's Crown is one that, you know, came out in like PS3, PS4, and, and it's a more recent one, but it, does, it doesn't even have the same sense of like exploration. It's just like two paths through the level, basically. You get some but, of that in like more modern games like Castle Crashers where you have a map that you're exploring and sometimes you have to go back to previous levels and stuff like that, but not really any of these like older ones where that I can think yeah, of. Yeah, like but even that. Castle Crashers, every level is just walk to the right. Yeah, 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 for sure. I'm thinking more of like the, the greater game and the map as a whole, not yeah. the individual levels. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else of what you'd put in the what this game does well column? Yeah, I have it that it has like lots to discover, like lots of shops and stuff like that. Like there's a secret shop um, in a hallway that sells a bunch of like really expensive items uh, that are really hard to get, but there's the the shops don't tell you what the items actually do <laughs> and yeah. so like when you go into a shop and you see a book and it's like dragon kick you're like wow that's expensive what the heck could that be yeah and then when you look up you know what it does online or you finally buy it and read it it gives you a triple kick yeah like every time you kick instead of it just doing one kick it automatically does three and it's like awesome you know um so there's that combined with just the sense of like needing to wander around the map to figure out the game, I felt a good sense of like there's a lot here to kind of discover. And I think that that's something unique and that the game really does well and works in its favor. Yeah. Uh, one big thing that I really like about this game is that there's no lives, there's no continues. It's like if you die, you can just start right back over again. You do yeah. lose half of your money. But uh, we never felt like the the crunch of like, oh, I'm on my last life or I'm on my, on my yeah. last continue. But there was that sense where like you wanted to stay alive. It wasn't just totally like, oh, I can just die and then come yeah. right back because you really do need to save up money to be able to buy those really good power-ups to get the super moves, to get the uh, stat boosts and all that kind of stuff. So it was a really good balance of not punishing you too much when you died, yeah. but not making it completely... Uh, you know, worthless. It wasn't like, oh, there's no big deal. I died. There's no punishment at all for yeah. it. Yeah. Speaking of money, we didn't explain. Um, when you fight guys, they drop their like lunch money. It's like a coin that drops on the ground. Yeah. And so you're picking up change <laughs> whenever you beat guys. And it's just, a, it's a funny currency system. Or I, one time I wanted to buy something and I was literally five cents short. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh man. Yeah, I I think for me the last thing that I want to point out in the what this game does well section is I think that the one-player mode would be a significantly better experience than the two-player mode. Whenever one of us died, um, the game would all of a sudden get a lot more smooth, a lot easier, a lot quicker. Yeah. Like uh, the controls were better. And so unless you have anything else to say in what this game does well, I think we can use this as a transition into what it does poorly. I have one more one more thing before we we do transition into that. Um, the game is a lot of fun when you get powered up. Yeah, like the beginning, it was kind of like your characters are moving really slow. You don't really know what's going on, 
But then once you had, you know, I had my triple punch and you had your triple kick and like we were just blowing through it trying to like, okay, we know what we have to do. We, we have to go back and kill this guy and then we have to go back and kill that guy. Then we can do this and this. And w- the game made us feel like more powerful yeah. in a lot of ways. And so as you're buying items from shops, you're slowly like increasing your punch and your health and your all those kinds of things. And once you finally are towards the end of the game, it really is a lot of fun. Yeah, like the having to go back and replay certain areas to unlock stuff, it becomes a lot less tedious mm-hmm. because now you're not doing the exact same thing. It's not the same slog because now you got more power, you have higher stats, you got better attacks. And so going back to do those things, it's like, okay, I'm back in this area I've beat before, but now I'm powered up and it feels like I'm powered up. Mm-hmm. The enemies haven't increased in power with me. I'm going to blow yeah. through them, do the thing I need to do, and then I can go back to the end of the game where there is still a challenge, there's going to be more powerful guys. But yeah. when you have to revisit old parts of the game, you're able to like really feel the full effect of all the the stat boosts that you've been buying. Yeah, and if you wanted to grind out more money, like it makes it a lot easier yep. to grind it out that way. But yeah, I think um, I also, in the What the Game Does Well column, have quote-unquote single player written down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and in the What the Game Doesn't Do Well is that it runs terrible in co-op. Yeah, for sure. I we almost always say that beat 'em ups are better a better experience with another person. Yeah. And uh this one is difficult to do that because the technical limitations, but mm. I think that the game helps you out with that. It makes this a playable one player beat 'em up because it has these RPG elements because it has the exploration elements. It's not just that thing where you're sitting there with a buddy and you're grinding through a bunch of waves of bad guys. Mm. So if you had to play this beat 'em up by yourself in one player, it's not going to be a huge downgrade because you're not going to feel bad about like uh, going through all the menus and figuring out what all the power ups are. Cause you're not like sitting there, you know, you're not doing all that while your, your co-op partner is sitting there just waiting for you. So I think that, you know, it is normally a downside when you don't have somebody to play a beat em up with, but this one, you're actually going to have a better experience. Yeah. It's interesting that you bring that up. Uh, in 2017, uh, there was a sequel that came out to this game called River City, River City Ransom Underground. Okay. And I w- I've only ever played that game single player. And I just realized kind of what you're talking about. Like, I've never been like, man, I wish I had somebody to play this game with. It's actually a lot of fun by yourself. Yeah. Regardless of whether you have a buddy or not. And it that's a really interesting point because I wasn't thinking about this um, critique like that at all of like, well, it's not so bad because it's got all these things that, serve single player yeah but it really um you're right i think it is it's it's <laughs> uh i think it's a fine single player experience not only because of the technical problems of co-op but just because the game lends itself to being more fun for one person playing it too yeah yeah for sure i agree i some of those technical things with the two players are the game is just a lot more slow when you yeah. have two players on screen, um, you like the music is still playing the right speed. Like your guys are still kind of moving. Everything just feels kind of choppy and there's a lot of sprite flickers. So you'll be like fighting a guy and he might almost completely disappear. Like yeah. it, it's kind of crazy how much of a different game it is. Also, something that this game has is friendly fire. You can hurt each other, which gets kind of difficult because the game slows down so much. So when you're when you're fighting, you might be like stun locking your partner. 
Yeah. <laughs> and you can't really stop and they can't really get out. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the it definitely is just a completely different feeling game in two-player. Yeah. Like I was saying, when we first started the game up, I was like, is this actually running? Like, is the Retron? Because yeah. we played in the Retron. And I was like, is this game running properly on, on the Retron? Because I've played through this game multiple times. And it's not like, am I crazy? Yeah. Like, I thought I was going crazy. And then when you died, I was like, no, like the co-op is just really making this game super slow. Yeah. Uh, it's super weird too. It's hard to articulate exactly what it is that changes. Yeah. Um, but it's almost like maybe the animations are smoother because it's not like necessarily a character speed thing no. so much. Like maybe the character speed slows down like 10%. It's like, it's not so much that you can point it out that it's, but it, it's, it's something where you're like, something is off, something changed, something, something is definitely different when only one person is playing. Yeah. I, I think if you are a person who's never played this game before and you wanted to play it co-op, you're probably going to think that it's it's fine. But if you're a person who's played this before in single player and then you jump into playing it in two player, you're going to like probably think you're going crazy. You're going to kind of think that yeah. this is a, a less experience. We still had fun with it together and it's still definitely doable. It's not like completely unplayable or anything, but it is just a way more smooth experience when you have one player on the screen. Well, towards the end of our play session, I got over it. I was, yeah. I had just finally adjusted. Yep. It was just the, uh, it was kind of a shock early on of like yeah this game runs a lot worse when you're playing it in co-op yeah it's definitely still doable i'm not saying you should never play this game in co-op but if you've played this a whole bunch as a single player and then have a a second player join you you're going to definitely notice something yeah Uh, another thing that really stood out to me that i think has to go into the negative column is that like we like that sense of exploration we like all the rpg elements but there's just so much ambiguity in this game that it kind of weighs it down a little bit there's no map so like how we talked about before you have to go back to certain areas there's no you never really know like where was that area how do i get there there's no map at all so it's kind of just like wandering around until you find the thing you're looking for yeah that's what uh, that's one of the things that i have written down is there's no map um now granted the map is really not complex no It, it more or less is walking to the right most of the time but there are a handful of areas where there are one-off rooms where you go up. Yep. So, you know, um, it gives you a little bit of that sense of exploration, like we were talking about the back and forth earlier. But, yeah, it's it's confusing because it doesn't – there's no way where it tells you your objective. Yeah. Like, go find this guy in this area. Well, sometimes it does. Like, sometimes you'll beat a boss and it'll say, like, you got to go find Thor in the factory. Yeah, but But, if you forgot that, you wouldn't be able to get back to that, though. (laughs) Exactly. You'll never see that text again. And if you accidentally, you know, hit A because you're trying to get through the dialogue, because the dialogue doesn't usually matter. And now here was some important dialogue and you've missed it. So there's no map. There's also ambiguity when it comes to, like, the power-ups and the items. There's lots of shops. Like, I don't know, over a dozen different shops. And there's... A bunch of items a ton of items in each yeah. shop some of them only have a few but some of them have a whole lot and you have no i clue you have no clue what any of these items do yeah um some of them do specific stat increases some of them are super moves and unless you just buy them and figure out what they are it tells you after you buy it like okay your your stamina increased and your health increased or whatever but if you are not using like a some sort of guide or a walkthrough or whatever online or just like finding a manual to read you're not gonna have any clue what's going on yeah, that's another thing that I have written down is like there's no 
no uh, no info on what the items actually do until you use them or buy them. That's one of the things that Crash and the Boys had in it was like an info thing. Yeah. Um, which is just, th- on the one hand, it's like it gives a sense of mystery to the game of like what is this yeah. $6 item do differently than this $3 item. Yeah. And so there's there's almost a level of intrigue to it, but there's so many items in the game that it's like you wouldn't be able to memorize them all. You I think, need a you need a guide to know what they do. Yeah, and I think we spent almost half as much time reading yeah. the, <laughs> reading <laughs> online what does all this stuff do as we did playing it. So I mean maybe we would have had more fun if we just went random. And sometimes we did. I would just be like, All right, I'm buying pizza. I don't know what pizza does and it's like, Okay, that was good or okay, that I just wasted my money. But, you know, uh there's definitely some ambiguity there and i don't think that's necessarily a good thing yeah well i think early on you you specifically were dying a lot like you got killed early on and lost half your money then you got killed again and lost another half of your money yep and so early on it was like we had to be like really careful with the things that we were buying because it was like what is all this stuff we don't have enough money we're not powered up everything is hard so i think knowing what stuff does is important and i think that Especially since we saw it in, in Crash and the Boys, it's like, why wouldn't you think... Like, I wonder if it was an intentional choice to confuse players or to just add another layer of exploration to the game. Even in Crash and the Boys, it wasn't done super well, though, because you had to like go into a separate menu to like read about it, and it wasn't just listed right under the item. This is what it does. But it was still there. It was there, yeah. I would have taken, you know, poor menu, whatever, <laughs> and known what the items did rather than like what does this egg roll do yeah like <laughs> <laughs> what is this corn cobber <laughs> <laughs> one of the items was called corn cobber and we're not sure if that was just supposed to be like corn on the cob or if it was corn cobbler and they missed a letter or something but we had it we had a really good laugh over corn cobber <laughs> yeah oh man Another thing that stands out to me of this game does poorly is um, sometimes you just run into stuff and (laughs) (laughs) it knocks you down. Sometimes you'll run into a wall or a bench or a tree and it knocks you down. I don't think it takes any of your life, but it does knock you down. And sometimes you'll be running through a door and (laughs) for no reason you just get knocked down. If you walk through the doors, you're fine. You can run through some of the doors, but other ones you hit them and you, you just fall down and you get hurt. Yeah, I didn't have that written down, but that is one thing that's weird because it's like even sometimes when you're not running, you'll still like bounce off walls, <laughs> and I'm like, I, you know, why? And it stuns you if and if you're low on health and about to die, it's like super annoying if yeah. a guy's waiting with a weapon to stun lock you because you're stuck in a corner or something. You can also, if you have no health left, you can keep living in this game. You can yeah, keep yeah, fighting yeah. until the enemy knocks you down. So if you have no health left or stamina, as they call it in this game, and then you run into a wall and fall over, well, you're dead because you you just fell over. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so weird. The Speaking of that, one of the things that I have that this game didn't do well was the stat names. Yeah. <laughs> the stat names are just confusing, and it's like I, I read the manual, and... You know, willpower says this shows how much willpower you have. <laughs> literally, literally says that. Says uh, the bigger the number, the longer you can fight, even with low maximum power. What it means is there's a chance that we'll give you some health back if your if your willpower is high enough. Yeah, it's like if you died, if you have really high willpower, you might come back with like one or two bars of stamina. I don't know what the threshold actually is on yeah. willpower. If it's if it's like a guaranteed or if it's a percentage chance, I thought it was like a 
a percentage chance that you would get back up, but like no clue. Yeah. And, uh, so there's a defense stat that says this shows how much power you have to defend yourself against enemy attacks. <laughs> and then there's a strength stat that says this shows how much power you have to withstand enemy attacks. Yeah. Like, so when you're punching a guy and he's trying to punch you, you'll both kind of like put up your, you know, you'll block the attack. And I don't know if defense is like, what are the odds that you're going to block the attack? Is or it like, like when you're guarding? Is it just when you yeah. get hit, you take less damage? We don't have any clue. And then there's an agility stat, which makes you, you know, faster, I assume. And then there's max power, which I guess is max HP. But you, when you buy some items, it's like you can't increase your max power. Yeah, it's really strange. And, but really some strange. items let you increase your max power. Yeah. So I don't know. The stats were super weird in this one, but for me, the one last thing that I have on what it doesn't do well is um, platforming and beat em up games is always oh, terrible. I always hate it. It's like I I didn't want to play a platformer. I want to play a beat em up. This game does have some platforming, and uh, this was actually like a new level of terrible platforming <laughs> in a beat em up game. <laughs> there we stood there for five minutes trying to jump up onto this one block and. I have uh, no idea. We didn't. You'd go and be like, you'd think you finally figured out the strategy to how to do it, and then you'd try it, and it wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah, the the physics of the jumping in this, like you bounce off weird corners. That, oh yeah, that aren't actually there, but they're kind of there. But the art doesn't show that they're there. <laughs> and so, like, there's one spot in particular. I think it's the first factory that you get to. That's like really bad. Really bad. It takes forever to like get on the first platform, and there's another one that you have to jump on, and the one that you're on is barely wide enough for you to stand <laughs> on, and so you're trying to like inch towards the edge so you cannot jump and hit the corner and bounce off and like fall off. It's just I don't know. It was terrible. You it was don't just want terrible. You and don't want pixel perfect platforming in a in a beat 'em up game, <laughs> especially when you're playing co-op and it's like all leggy and stuff. Yeah. And then the second time we went through it, we sprinted and we jumped on it and nailed it first try. And then we tried to go do it a third time. And then the thing that worked perfectly the second time didn't work the third time. No, yeah. It was really messing with us. Because I guess when you take, according to the manual, when you run eight steps, you can jump a lot higher. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically eight steps. Good to know. So, yeah, the the, the platforming in this one is is terrible. And yeah. we got inside the high school, like you're, pro- you have to like jump on these like <laughs> gymnastic bars and like on top of a basketball hoop. And while you're holding up, he's like trying to like fall <laughs> off this thing. It's just, I don't even know. It's bad. And then it's you got to really hold bad. up when you're trying to jump on the basketball hoop. But if you hold up before you jump, he like Slams keeps his bouncing head. in a weird way. Yeah. It's just, it's just bad. It's just really bad in this one. Yeah. Which I've, I don't know that I can't think of any game in recent memory. Um, uh, any beat him up in recent memory with platforming this bad <laughs> no it would be tough to beat this do you have yeah. anything else that stands out in the negative column uh no i think that's actually all the the yeah i think that covers negatives. it so uh what do you think um you would pay for the experience you just had not knowing that it was on the switch See, online service okay I, I feel like this is a game that I would actually really like to play by myself and kind of and to go through and um that's that's different that's uh, not something that I normally say about a beat 'em up. So if you were to pick this up on the Wii, Wii U, or 3DS eShops because it's available on all of those. Okay. <laughs> I I feel like this is like a dollar ninety nine game. Wow. Yeah. That man, there's just no winning with you, is there? Uh, dude, you just it, you know. 
you expect it at this point, right? I want to not expect it because, like, I feel like NFL Blitz. You were like thirty dollars, and I'm like, no. I what does I it said, take? I think I said twenty dollars. No, I'm pretty sure you said thirty. Okay, well, I take that back. <laughs> 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 I was I was delusional that day. You're just excited about the new podcast that you were doing, and you're just like, well, I think because we had just been playing. NFL Blitz and I was all like hyped up on it because I was like winning because it's fantastic yeah a dollar ninety nine I'm oh, just saying come like, on I'm just trying to be honest I don't want to like lie about it you uh, I enjoyed crashing the boys more I think I said four dollars for crashing the boys and so like this one I'm saying like wow. I enjoyed it like half as much so two dollars I just want to figure out what what you would say is worth a lot of money uh I don't know. Like even when I buy like indie games today that are like in this style, I'm never paying more than ten dollars for them. Yeah, that's just unless so I have like a gift card or something. Yeah, that's so interesting. I think for me, um, knowing what this game is in single player, um, fifteen, sixteen dollars. Uh, I, I'm trying to think about. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I would say $20 or not. Okay. Just because it's like, I just, I just played it in co-op. So I feel like I'm less high on it because it just yeah. ran poorly. Yeah. Um, but I do really like it. You know, this is the third time I've I've actually spent a lot of time with R- River City Ransom. And it's a game that I, I do like going back to. Yeah. So, yeah, probably I would, I would guess 15 to 20 is what I would say. Is what I would pay for this one. All right. I can see it. Yeah. That sounds right for you. Yeah. So what do you think this one's going for on eBay? On eBay, this is like a, it seems like a more popular game. Um, Although it's not one that I remember anybody having when I was a kid. Yeah. So I'm not really sure. I'm going to say like $14. Okay. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, It's going to be lower than that. (laughs) Higher, no. higher than that. I only really have two <laughs> options, I guess. Uh, th- it was hard to pin down an exact number, but it looks like eBay had this one about $26. All right. Okay. You said no, like I was way, way off. I guess I was like. Well, if we're talking about percentages, you are kind of a significant percentage off. It was, like than, <laughs> it was like 100% more than what I said. Uh, price charting says this one's $24. So. All right. They're. they're it's not crazy. So the eBay averages are kind of weird based on condition, but I think this one, $24. Um, I did see auctions that went for less than 20 Okay. Uh, I think they were auctions. So I saw, you know, anywhere from like 15 to like 30-ish dollars. Okay. So 14 wouldn't be unheard of, but it would be hard to get this game for $14. Yeah. Uh, you're, more, you're more looking about the $24 range, um, give or take a little bit, but... Not crazy. No. And there's also a, a Game Boy Advance version. I saw that. Of this yeah. Game. With like uh, Nickelodeon, like mid 2000s Nickelodeon looking artwork on the cover. <laughs> it looks like Kim Possible. Dude, yeah. The artwork on this one's already like weird enough. Yeah. And then they went and somehow made it worse. I think they were just looking at the Street Gang's artwork and like trying to just <laughs> mix these two together but yeah it's a slightly different version where there's no co-op but i guess you can collect like 
I don't even remember what it said. You can like somehow collect partners. You can play this game with co-op and AI. The, oh, the co-op partner okay. is an AI. You can get a bot. And I guess you can like send your characters to your friends if you both have the game or something weird. They got to sell those link cables somehow. And it was like, it doesn't, the game doesn't actually save your progress through the story, but it saves your characters. Interesting. So I guess every time you start it over, you're, you have like a leveled up character, but you have to play through the... It's like a roguelike. I don't know. Which don't, this game would actually kind of work know. with that, the way that it is. I could see that. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, that Game Boy Advance version uh, price charting says it's twenty nine dollars. So, wow, more or expensive. more expensive, and not necessarily. I I don't know if it's any better or worse, but interesting. Yeah, I would say just buy it on your 3ds for five dollars, or play it for free on Nintendo Switch Online. If you don't have a Switch, some people who don't doesn't ha- have a Switch these days. No serious gamer would not own a Switch these days, unless they had a personal reason to abstain from owning a switch are you talking about your personal vendetta against nintendo i mean i wouldn't call it a vendetta you have a you do have some sort of irrational hatred towards nintendo well you know (laughs) i know i know i know all about it i know all about it yeah i've lightened up a lot on them though you have i don't send you text messages about nintendo anymore no i think you've just realized that a lot of people like it and well, then it's a great system. Maybe there, the there are things that a lot of people like that you wouldn't say is great. I'm I not, know. I'm not going to throw anything out right now. You don't want to offend anybody. No, there's no reason to offend anybody here now. <laughs> Dan doesn't want to say. <laughs> but he's thinking. <laughs> We're really sorry if you like. <laughs> it's just the go-to example of somebody that has sold a lot of albums, but makes terrible music. But it's okay if you like them because art is subjective. <laughs> art is subjective. And you can like stuff that other people don't like. Oh, you just went there. Of That's course weird. I went there. <laughs> you were just dangling it out there like bait on a stick. Of course I was going to go there. To each their own, man. People. Can, I know. I said. People can like whatever they want to like. That's right. Art is subjective. We try You're to take, not hurting anybody with your terrible taste in music. <laughs> we try to take a non-confrontational approach. To things on this show. Most things. <laughs> I mean, half of the show is talking about if a game was good or not. I mean, we do say when things are bad. Yeah, but we don't attack people for what they like. I no, mean- I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> it's okay for people to have terrible tastes and stuff. Oh, we all like different things. I like all sorts of stuff that people think would be terrible. Yeah. Big fan of corn dogs. <laughs> Huge fan. Anybody out there who's got a culinary bone in their body is going to say that I'm an idiot. That's fine. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think that that's going to wrap this show up, man. I think so, too. We have to say whether the game is worth it or worthless, though. That's sort of in the title. I'm going to have to say worth it just because I apparently already own this game. Not own it, but I have have the ability to play it whenever (laughs) I want on my Switch. And that's cool. I think I'm actually going to go and check it out in single-player mode on the Switch. I don't think that's technically how the the game works, but... What do you mean? You're like, well, I already have it, so it's worth it. Well, that's, no, but I mean, like... It's it's a $24 game. Is it worth it or worthless? It's not worth $24. At that point, it's worthless. But it so is you're available. Call it worthless. You can get it. We always talk about there's different ways to get the game, like when we do a rare game and it's on Is the game replay. worth the price of admission? And for me, the price of admission, and for anybody who has an Amazon Prime account, the price of admission is free. You can get it for nine months for free. Not if you don't have a Switch. 
Who doesn't have a Switch? Jordan, at $24, is the game worth it or worthless? Worthless. Okay. What, that, about you, what are you saying? Worth it. All right. I think that's about actually what I paid for it originally. It's it's a decent Somewhere price. In that range. So, uh, yeah, twenty four dollars. You can't go wrong with this one, um, especially in single player. Yeah, especially in single player. If you're buying, if you spend twenty four bucks for a co op experience, you're gonna have a bad time. You might not have a bad time. You might have some buyer's remorse. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't necessarily disagree. It might just be uh, take you a while to start to enjoy it. Yeah, but it's a good game. It is a good game, and it's a different game. Yeah, it's a, it's a good little spin on an old genre. <laughs> all right man i think that's gonna wrap it up i think so too thank you so much everybody for tuning in as always you can find more from us in the weeks that we're not broadcasting you can find us on social media twitter and instagram at w-i-o-w podcast where we post all sorts of stuff not just clips from the show or stuff about the show but all sorts of nostalgic stuff from the 90s and 2000s and 80s And so follow us on there and we will see you in a couple weeks. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. If you have any questions or feedback, feel free to email us at worth it or worthless podcast at gmail.com. And if you're interested in staying up to date with the show, follow us at W I O W podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review and subscribe. If you want to hear more, thanks for taking the time to listen to the show. We sincerely appreciate it. Talk to you next time.